Good morning, people of St. Luke's Los Gatos. It is a pleasure to be with you today. Normally, I don't give titles to my sermons, but if I were to give one today, it would be Thinking Small Invites Chaos. I'm going to quickly dive into the parable this morning because it's so disturbing and very interesting to consider. So, the setting for the parable today is that we are in Jerusalem, where Jesus is having an encounter with his favorite challengers, the Pharisees. And as he meets their resistance, Jesus responds with his usual teaching tool, the parable. In the parable about the wicked tenants, Jesus tells us that the landowner first carefully lays out plans for a productive vineyard. He plants it, he fences it in, he digs a wine press, and then he builds a watchtower so that his property, property can be secure. The landowner then goes away and he leaves his trusted tenants to care for the harvest, the grapes. The parable unfolds in three parts after that. As the landowner sends his slaves, to the tenants so that they can collect the harvest. And then the slaves are beaten or stoned or killed. And the landowner sends another group of slaves out, larger than the first group, and the same thing happens to them. The third time, the, the landowner sends his own son and the tenants kill him. What a story. At the end of the story, Jesus poses a question to the Pharisees. It's a what-if question. What do you think the landowner is going to do to the tenants? The Pharisees answer, the landowner will kill the tenants and lease the property to another group in order to get the harvest. As I said, this is a disturbing parable and the Pharisees' predicted ending is even more disturbing. So again, let's take a little look at where this is coming from. This parable is told late in the Gospel of Matthew. At this point, we're already in Jerusalem. Jesus has already come into the city on the back of a colt, and he challenges the religious authorities directly, he goes to the temple, and he preaches and teaches his way through a series of parables. Jesus intends to disturb the people and to challenge their thinking, which he does very well. The parable of the wicked tenants invites the Pharisees who are gathered to hear it, and to place themselves in the story. Am I the landowner in this parable? Am I the slaves? Am I the tenants? And then by answering the what if question that Jesus poses to them, we can tell what the Pharisees are thinking. They are very limited in the thinking. They are thinking very small. 
Now, of course, the point is also that the tenants in the parable are thinking small. The tenants are focused on what they want right then, that harvest that is right before those eyes, all their grapes, without considering anything beyond that. They want all of that harvest for that one time, and they do want it all. Their greed and their short-sightedness create a chaos of escalating violence in the parable. Thinking small invites chaos. But when Jesus asks the Pharisees the what-if question, what is the landowner going to do in this story? Their very answer reveals a lot about what the Pharisees believe. And Jesus must have been disappointed. The Pharisees didn't even stop to consider other options. The landowner might not kill the tenants in that story. That the landowner might simply banish them from the land or negotiate for a percentage of the harvest or, defying imagination, that the landowner would forgive the tenants. No, the reply reveals a lack of imagination and small thinking. And of course, we know of the chaos that ensued later that week because of small thinking when Jesus was betrayed and condemned and died. I often think about what the end of that week would have looked like in Jerusalem if the Pharisees had been able to see a different outcome in the parable of the wicked tenants. When I did the pilgrimage in Northern Spain, I walked through many vineyards. It was September, so the harvesting of grapes was occurring throughout the stages of my walk. One evening I was walking later and longer than usual and it had been a very hot day. And I was walking through a vineyard and I heard sounds of laughter. And then I came upon a truck that was piled high with bunches of grapes and there were people gathered around and they were laughing and dirty and hugging each other. And they were trying to organize themselves for a group picture. And you know how that goes. So I offered to take the picture and they rewarded me with a bunch of grapes. Eat them. A woman said to me, don't you, don't you think they're the best grapes ever? So I popped one in my mouth. And to my delight, I learned that she was right. It was the best grape that I had ever tasted. In the conversation that followed, I learned that the vineyard belonged to one family. And when the grapes were ready, the neighbors gathered to join the family in the harvest. And then that family joined other neighbors for their harvest. It was a time of great delight. After I heard their story, I picked up my backpack to continue on my way, but they encouraged me to stop. They wanted me to go with them to their house where they were planning a big celebration. The thing was, they didn't even know my name or anything about me, but they wanted me to share in the festivities. When I declined because it was late and my husband was waiting for me a few kilometers ahead, they encouraged me to go get him and come back. And then finally, they reluctantly let me go 
filling my hands with even more bunches of grapes. I'm struck by the difference, the contrast between my time in this vineyard with this family and their neighbors and the fear and violence of the story in today's parable. If we think abundantly, what emerge are joy and generosity and creative ideas. But if we think small, we can generate anxiety, chaos, and limited solutions. And think of where we are right now. This time of COVID, of fires, of Martian air has been without a doubt a tough time. And our deep reflections about race and our own complicity in it has been very difficult. As followers of Jesus, we have options. We can handle it by focusing on our own self-preservation or we can open our hearts and our imaginations to wider opportunities. When you and I think only of ourselves, we generate chaos because our self-interest collides with the self-interest of someone else who is thinking in that same way. And the two hit against each other and they create conflict and strife and sometimes even death. Yet when we embrace connection and we seek love, we encounter possibility and relationship. We encounter God. The way of love that you and I walk invites us to travel with eyes that behold the greatness of our world, the abundance of the vineyard and the love of God. It invites us to have hearts that respond to the call to compassion, with hands that are open in generosity. May it be so. May it be like this today and tomorrow and every day in this vineyard that you and I tend to.